signing day is, well, pretty much over. There was not a lot of drama, but still a lot of names to talk about. We got a transfer in the mix, a surprise commit on signing day. We're going to talk about it with Justin Sint of 24-7 Sports and the SD4L Show. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Spartan friends, Spartan family, locked on Spartans. Listeners, we are welcoming back. Well, in my life, a very familiar face, a very familiar voice. Yeah, we, we collab on the SD4L show here and there, but he is back on the locked on Spartans airwaves because he texted me yesterday. He's like, hey. I got free time. I'll hop on uh, Locked on Spartans if you want me to. So this man will go to any lengths to prevent himself from thinking about or talking about his Philadelphia Eagles. So we can only respect that. But here he is to offer his insight and knowledge on signing day. It's Justin Sin. Justin, how we doing, my man? We doing okay? Yeah, good, Matt. Um, well, not so much yeah. after that. Not, <laughs> right. not so much after that intro. But uh, was good. was good prior to that, definitely. Okay. That's good. Well, we'll see if we can pick up the momentum here and the happiness here. Uh, Look, it's signing day, and everyone in the recruiting world has been just absolutely busy, but it seems a lot more busy outside of East Lansing than it does at Michigan State because this was a pretty low drama day. I'm going to give everyone a peek behind the curtain right now. It's a little afternoon right now on Wednesday, and Michigan State pretty much has their whole class signed. We're still waiting on the two Hawaiian kids that we will talk Mm -hmm. about here in a little bit, and then Brady Pretzlaff is going to commit around 3 o'clock. But no, no drama over here in East Lansing. So, Justin, yeah. w- with the dust nearly settled, just an overall, just broad thoughts yeah. on this class that right now sits just outside the top fifty. Could wiggle its way in there though with the Brady Pretz life commit. We'll see for sure. Yeah. So, Matt, I've, I mean, personally for me, it, it has been pretty eventful because what we like to do okay. is not have any single article that we have to write on signing day, and we just no. monitor everything. The kids sign. We put on the board that they've signed. We mark them as signees. Ideally, all the work is done yesterday, and then today we're watching the dust settle. This time around, unlike last year, where last year that did hold firm, there's mm-hmm. a transfer commitment from Middle Tennessee State and yep. Quindarius Dunnigan, and uh, the surprise QB commit that is from La Mesa, or I guess San Diego, California, and Rylan Jesse is his name. And those two developments, um, definitely surprising. I did think that Michigan State would eventually land Dunnigan, but I was told okay. that he was probably going to take another couple of visits after his MSU visit. So that was not something that we had pre-written. Um, and then, uh, again, with Jesse, this is actually interesting. Stephen Brooks, um, the friend, a friend of your podcast and my colleague at 24-7 Sports, he actually found out that Jesse had visited on Sunday and uh, told myself and Corey, and he said he was going to look into it. And then he looked into it, talked to the kid, and Jesse said he had a great time on the visit, but that he would ultimately be signing with Utah State instead. And then we filed that away, um, went ahead, and just completely forgot that that development had occurred. Sure. And then scrolling the timeline today, uh, Rylan Jesse had sent his letter of intent into Michigan State. Uh, moments before we recorded uh, the press record on this podcast, Greg Biggins uh, out on the West Coast. 
uh, for 24-7 Sports. He he actually got quotes from Jesse, and Jesse said it all happened last minute. He committed late last night to Coach Jonathan Smith. Um, he's a guy that three times now, um, I guess third time's the charm there for Smith, uh, finally got him to commit. Twice before this, Jesse, um, I guess, held off uh, Smith's attempts to get him to commit to Oregon State. Once on his official visit during the summer, and then once on a game day visit to Corvallis. So this is a guy that they've wanted for a while, and yeah. uh, they finally get him now here, finally getting to leverage the Michigan State brand and resources over what they had in Corvallis. In the quarterback room, all of a sudden grows to three. Of course, you got Aiden Childs. Yeah. You have Alessio. Here we go with the last name. <sighs> Milijokovic. Milivojevic. Okay, just like I said, there we go. Perfect. All right, there we... we're gonna actually try to talk to Alessio here, like in over the next week or so. That is going yeah. to be the first question. How do you say your last name? And am I the one that has given you the worst pronunciation of it so far? <laughs> but enough about me. And then also, of course, Ryland Jesse, just like you yeah. talked about. Now, when it comes to this class, though, hey, how about the guys that will be throwing the ball and mm. catching the ball? Because mm. when you think of instant impact guys in this class, look. It's hard to find an instant impact in college football, no matter how highly rated you are in some cases. I mean, we just saw that, you know, the rare case with Jordan Hall just last year. It does happen, but it's pretty rare. Are there any instant impact guys you see this year, or is the answer just as simple as, well, yeah, that borderline top 100 kid over there in Detroit, <laughs> wide receiver Nick Marsh, who was one of the first to ink his letter of intent today. Is it just as easy as that, that he'll be the only instant impact guy you think? Um, he definitely will be one, um, uh, based on both like need and opportunity. I think, um, mm -hmm. Michigan state, they're going to do all they can to make sure that he doesn't have to play just cause that's their responsibility to always make sure that you have competition and to make sure that you're not relying on true freshmen to come in and carry the burden. Sure. Um, at the same time, he's good enough to do that. Um, probably not at, a, at an X receiver, wide receiver one level, but, um, maybe as one of the starting outside wide receivers, maybe the guy that has the third most receptions on the team, sort of a role. And um, I think that would be fine. And if they can, however, get another wide receiver, they've already added TJ Sheffield, who uh, didn't have a ton of volume in any single season, but putting it all together, he had 118 catches at Purdue. And um, I guess just to put it into context for Michigan State, he is significantly more talented than Trey Mosley is. And Trey Mosley okay. was coming into this past season as a starting wide receiver one, um, the leader of that room. So I think that's an upgrade in that respect there. And then you have uh, Montori Foster, who's still here, who had a lot of drops, but I think he's as good of a route runner as you could hope for in terms of a wide receiver too. Um, I think you are looking at an ability for Smith to bring in the scheme and kind of the blueprint that he had with Silas Bolden and Anthony Gould over there at Oregon State and kind of really help Montori and TJ Sheffield find another gear. And then Marshall's right there. Um, so definitely, yeah, I agree, agree that he's somebody that can be an impact player. Didn't mean to go too deep into a wide receiver room preview there. Um, oh, outside of that, yeah, I would say that out of all of the offensive line commits, um, all of them probably are more than a year, or I should say a year away. Um, definitely shouldn't need to play them. This year, even a Rustin Young, who's a 24-7 sports four-star, mm -hmm. you would ideally think that he shouldn't be beating out Ashton Lepo or Ethan Boyd or Stanton Rammel. Um, and, and not because he's not good himself, but those guys have had a year or so of development. I guess Rammel will see what the ACL injury he's coming back from. But And then Baldwin's also back. So, um, yep. yeah, interior offensive line, it, a lot of those guys still need to add weight. But great class there. Defensive line. 
Um, I think you said Kikai Burnett. That's how you. That's how Google has told you to pronounce his name. Google has let me know that Kikai Burnett is how Kike to say uh, his okay. name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's somebody that has a position where he can rotate in because you kind of use waves and rotations at defensive end. So he possibly could be in the mix there. Um, then there's always like a true freshman guy that at corner seems to always make a name for himself these days in right. college football, no matter who you are. And Andrew Brinson could be that guy if, if he can get above that Caleb Coley kind of uh, threshold in the depth chart where he's kind of that CB4-ish, um, depending on who they bring in. I know Chance Rucker and Dylan Tatum, those guys should be should be locks to to start over there in case unless they get a best available kind of guy. Um, but yeah, so honestly, there's not a lot of need in terms of starting positions for these guys to play right away. But there is some talent there if they're needed to. But I think ideally the depth is where this roster was really, really lacking significantly. And that's where these guys will all be able to play a role in pretty soon. No doubt. And pretty soon I'm going to ask you your most impressive pickup for Michigan State. And it could either be high school recruiting or the transfer portal. We're going to open Mm -hmm. it up to a wide pool here. But first, Justin, I hate to do this. I got to send you to the bench because I need to talk to people's ears off about LinkedIn Jobs. Folks, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. That's my favorite part of their whole system. LinkedIn is not just another job board, guys. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than 1 billion professionals. That's billion with a B. 1 billion professionals is what they have to offer. And it makes them it makes them one of the best places to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy that in fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Thankfully with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive. It's quick. It's easy. And again, it is free. So what are you waiting for out there? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Also need to talk your ear off about home field apparel. I'm rocking my home field apparel 1988 Big Ten Championships Rose Bowl long sleeve t-shirt. And guys, hey, Look, it's a holiday season. If you want to treat yourself, if you want to get a belated holiday gift for someone on your list, it's homefieldapparel.com. They have the best vintage logos, the most comfortable clothing that you'll have in your closet, whether it's T-shirts, long sleeve T-shirts, crew neck sweatshirts, hoodies, or hats. They got it all at Home Field Apparel. And let's say for some odd reason, you like other schools beyond Michigan State. Like, I, I personally don't get it, but whatever. They have so many schools on their dozens over 100 schools, actually, to choose from. Go check out their catalog of apparel, vintage logos. Homefieldapparel.com is the place to do it. But save yourself some money. When you go to homefieldapparel.com, smash in promo code LOS23 for 15% off of your first order. Again, that's LOS23 for 15% off at homefieldapparel.com. All right, let's drag the one, the only Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports and the SD4L show back into the mix here. Now, Justin, there is no shortage of good candidates for most impressive get for the staff so far. Hey, you got Aiden Childs, the guy that you guys over 24-7 sports named the number one quarterback in the portal. You also have the two Hawaiians, Kike Burnett, and then Rustin Ezekiel Kaalukuluku Yun. That's right. I was doubted how to say that name, but I'm pretty sure I got that mostly 80% correct. But still, hey, let's not kid ourselves, especially when their only official visit is in December. Getting someone mm-hmm. from the Hawaiian Islands, that's an impressive get. All right? right. I know that he 
Yeah. Or both these kids knew the staff and everything. But yeah, whether it's a transfer portal get, whether it's a high school get, behind the scenes, if there's anything that was going on, right? Was there one that sticks out amongst the mo- amongst Ye- the rest as the most impressive? Yes. Get? Yes. And, and speaking of the two high school commits, before I go in a different direction and say a different mm-hmm. answer, those two guys were also the only two that did take official visits elsewhere too. Okay. With Burnett going to Arizona, or sorry, BYU and Rustin Young going to Arizona State. So that was not as smooth sailing as Stewart and Hook and Brinson as some of these other kids too. So that was an added obstacle there. So for me, the answer actually uh, for the most impressive get, or I guess the way I define impressive is, I guess, difficulty of landing or more mm-hmm. so like kind of, yeah, that's kind of the angle I approach it. Obviously, Aiden Childs was the most impactful get. I don't think there's really any any doubt about that. But the most impressive job by the staff in terms of landing somebody, I would actually say is Jack Velling. Uh, okay. Velling, Velling came to Michigan State on an official visit two weekends ago. And then he went to Washington this past weekend. And the timing of this was because Kalen DeVore said, hey, Jack, um, going to need you to come next weekend because this weekend I'm in New York um celebrating my heisman mm. finalist who i developed at two different schools and i schemed um in order to develop and, and play in this way so once i get back from the heisman ceremony let's have you back in your hometown seattle washington college football program where by the way your parents actually pref- would prefer that you play based on what the washington 24 7 sports reporter whose name is escaping me has has said sure despite all of that Jonathan Smith and Brian Wozniak, the tight ends coach, and Brian Lindgren. Familiarity won out, and um, Jack Velling is a Spartan. Now, I say all of that to say um, I don't think Velling is someone that they're going to be targeting five, six times a game. He's not going to be Kyle Pitts. He's not going to be the guy they designed the entire offense around. And um, even if you look at his touchdowns at Oregon State, it was a lot of scheming related stuff of him Mm -hmm. running wide open. It's not him absolutely destroying people with jump balls and mossing guys or anything like that. But it is a product of him being an athlete that can run routes and and Brian Lindgren knowing how to scheme tight ends open in the red zone. So while he might have only had 29 catches last year, and that's not a high volume centerpiece of the offense type, eight of those touchdowns being any of those catches being touchdowns is not something that's a coincidence and it's not a fluke. So again, like I don't think he's going to light the world on fire in terms of the guy on the Michigan state offense, but I think he's a nice pickup and I think it was very impressive how they landed him. So the Heisman ceremony, Michael Penix being invited out there had something to do with this commitment. So you're saying that Michigan state letting Michael Penix throw for (laughs) 16,000 yards in week three was actually part of the long con to get the nation leader in tight end touchdown catches in Jack Valley. Is, is that, are those the dots we're connecting right there? Was it just that easy all along? Uh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, Matt, nice. if he wasn't in the Heisman ceremony and he visited Washington first and Michigan State second, I think it would have been even easier for Michigan State, but we don't have to, we don't have to acknowledge no, that. I'm going to edit that part out. No, that, that, that doesn't go along with the agenda I'm trying to build here. So yeah, we're, we're going to take that little snippet out, but wow. <laughs> Who knew that I should have just been watching that game with a smile on my on my face, knowing that we were going to land a really nice tight end in the portal a few months yep. later? That's wow! Everything's yep. all about hindsight, isn't it? That's shout great. out, shout out, Mel Tucker, Jay Johnson. One time, oh, and just the great scheme from Scotty Hazelton. Oh, yep. this is great! Wow, I'm I'm smiling now. This is great. Actually, football season was awesome in hindsight. All yeah. right, um, from one transfer to another. This was a surprise because again, today is all about the high school commits. But then here yeah. comes Quindarius Dunn again. The Middle Tennessee State defensive end. 
committing, you know, Hey, he's like, no, I'm, I'm going to yeah. make this day a little bit about me as well. And uh, sir, please do, because this is a nice little yes. pickup here. What do you like about his game as he enters yes. his, I think sixth year of college football. Like he's, he's one of those yeah. mega college players here. Right. And he's, he actually has the eligibility to come back for a seventh year if he wants, because he missed oh, all of 2021 uh, with an injury. Wow. So if, if he applies for an injury uh, waiver after this upcoming season, he, he should be able to get it. But um, sure. yes. Yeah, so, so Quindarius is one of the things on his stat sheet that jumps out right away is that he had, I believe I want to say like seven and a half sacks or something like that um, in, in all four years or all three years that, that he played. Right. So he's like a strong mm-hmm. side defensive end, like a Drew Jordan kind of build, but way more, way more effective. But he had 10 pass breakups, eight just this past season. So not this bad. is a guy that has he has a feel for playing defensive line. He knows if he's not going to get to the quarterback to put his hands up, he really actually truly understands how to play the position. Um, and even while me saying like he's he's not like necessarily a guy that's lethal off the edge of getting to the quarterback, he was still all conference USA second team last year. So he's a guy that is good at playing defensive end. He's just not a speed rusher that's going to be terrorizing the quarterback. He's going to set the edge. He's going to be strong against the run. And occasionally he'll he'll get some quarterback hurries and quarterback hits where he actually graded pretty well in. He's just not going to be someone that comes in and is Jacoby Windman and gets you like eight sacks in three weeks or something to start off his MSU career. But like I said, Drew Jordan's name, I think he was kind of underwhelming. Uh, we knew that he was pretty much a run first guy only. Um, so mm-hmm. the sack numbers aren't why I say that, but I just didn't see him creating create wreaking a lot of havoc over there. This pickup is significantly more impactful than than Drew Jordan. Um, I think at the end of the day, right now, I would say talent wise, he's probably Michigan State's fifth best uh, portal pickup. If he ends up being like their fifth pickup, even by the end, I think that's a great sign for the portal class. But I think he's probably going to end up being like seventh, maybe eighth. Um, They're going to add a lot more guys, especially in the spring and in the next couple of weeks. And they're pretty much looking at, at starter quality guys at all the positions. And I think maybe defensive tackle, they're probably just looking to take anybody because it's it's very thin. Um, not anybody, but I mean, like, they'll take a DT4 level guy because they need a DT4. And they don't really have a DT4. That That's sort of what I mean there. But, like, the, the standard that they kind of have for where they're getting portal guys from, I feel like he's not going to end up being the fifth best transfer. And if he was, I think that still would have been pretty good. And I want to ask about, you know, another guy that could maybe still be out there in Jaden Davis and then ask, you know, what's going to be the next steps for Michigan State here, whether it be, you know, the next signing period or the transfer portal window. We're kind of making a sandwich out of this. We're going to start talking high school recruiting right. segment one, transfer segment two, and then we'll, you know, bring it full circle to high school recruiting. But first, Justin, I, I hate to do this to you twice in the same episode, but <laughs> I need to send you to the bench because I need to talk to people's ears off about fan dual sportsbook. As the season gets older and the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on fan duel. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150. If your team wins, you don't even need to worry about the spread. You don't have to lay the points. Just look at the menu of NFL games this weekend. Find a team that you really like. Place a $5 bet on them, and hey, if they win, you heard what I said, 150 bucks in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use with the wide range of betting options like spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more like 
first time touchdown score like guess the correct score and the same game parlays it is truly the best sports book out there so what on earth are you waiting for visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the nfl season with us it's fanduel official partner of the nfl all right now let's pull him back on here justin thin 24 7 sports now we did say that there's not a lot of drama a lot of the loose ends are tied up here very early in signing day but there's one guy out there from the state of Michigan, Portage Northern linebacker Jaden Davis. Of course, he committed like within 24 hours of the whole Mel Tucker saga Jay, beginning. And Jaden yeah. Walker, Matt, we're not a Jaden Walker. Podcast. Oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jaden Davis would be a heck of a player here for Michigan State, but yeah, I'm sorry, Jaden Walker. Thank you for checking me on that. Um, I know that USC is trying to poach him. Yeah, are they going to be successful in this? Like, can we still expect Mr. Walker, not Davis, to be part of this class, or what are we looking at here? This is an interesting scenario where Lincoln Riley has kind of decided that his way to fix his atrocious offenses all these years is to have West Coast offensive guys and Midwest defensive guys, which which is fine, which is, it, it, it makes sense. Um, it's also hard to talk about, I guess, let me put it this way. Okay. Jaden Walker is a very good player in terms of what he can become. He's transitioning from safety to linebacker, but I think it might take a year or two for him to fully um, make that transition. And then after that, I think maybe as a true junior or redshirt sophomore, he can be a very, very useful player. He's athletic. He's smart. He knows how to play defense at various positions. But again, that is the timeline that I that I expect of Walker. That is kind of the valuation that I put on Walker if, if we were to talk in the modern ways of recruiting. Lincoln Riley sees it very, very differently. Okay. Um, Lincoln Riley sees him as someone that can come in and, and play right away. He kind of is giving him that pitch. I don't know if it's disingenuous from him or if that's his actual evaluation, um either way it's hard to go ahead and tell a kid not to listen to that and obviously i'm not the one that would be doing that anyway but i it's tricky because i'm not buying a lot of what's coming out from usc in terms of what they're telling walker and that's not even going into um non-football factors so i mean i don't know i I, it's not my place to say that oh this kid should commit to michigan state and hey if i was 18 and usc was recruiting me hard and lincoln riley's flying over twice or i i guess he's flying over and then assistants are flying over again in december to come recruit me i'm not i'd be lying if i said i'm not also taking usc ov and i'm not considering them heavily but i'm not (laughs) sure that i'm buying a lot of the sales pitches here and i'm seeing through some of it we'll see if walker ends up seeing through some of it um i know his mom is is really keen on usc and some of those riley sales pitches but Michigan State should not begin to overpromise here. Um, okay. Is kind of where I'd leave it, and we'll see what happens after that. Do you think it's something that wraps up in the early signing period, or is this something that drags on to the next? De- signing period? Definitely next signing period. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. And let's kind of go there next because I, yeah. I could do two things. I could double down on my Jaden Davis question, and we could talk about the Michigan <laughs> quarterback that they just signed. And I could act like I didn't. Make I think a we we would be getting grief, off. Matt, or at least I would be getting grief if I started giving my opinions on Jaden Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'd be similar right there, actually. Um, but any, I, but we would just be called haters. Uh, yeah. Anyway, or, you know, I could steer this conversation back on the track here and just talk about 
What is next here? Because there's a handful of scholarship spots available for Jonathan Smith to still use here. Of course, you have the transfer portal. You still have some right. high school recruiting that you can do. Do you think that there's a clear cut way of how they divvy this up? Or is there a position group that they're lacking in this high school class? Or I guess, do you have a strong hunch either way of where they go next with the scholarship? The, a lot they need to get defensive tackles um, yeah. in both the high school and portal ranks. And then um, I don't know if they necessarily need another portal defensive end. Uh, maybe if they want to add another rotational guy like um, Quindarius at that level, that would be fine. But defensive tackle, they need portal starters and they need, uh, or sorry, portal immediate contributors in a rotational basis. I don't think they need to have somebody that's necessarily better than Simeon Barrow. And I don't know if Maverick Hansen's, yeah, I think Maverick Hansen's back. I believe he said that he would be back if, if I believe um, you are correct. I can back. check that right yeah. now. Though. And then Derek Harmon hasn't closed the door and, like they could be fine from the starting perspective, but like they definitely need guys that can immediately contribute in a rotational basis, and then they need high school guys because Alex Van Sumeren is really the only. I think he'd be considered an underclassman, even though he'd be a redshirt sophomore. Um, but yeah, so like yeah, they need they need defensive tackles badly. That's where I would look, and um, another starting level wide receiver um, would be good, just so Nick Marsh and Antonio Gates don't necessarily have to take on wide receiver three levels of production as um, redshirt sophomore and true freshman. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of where I would look. I don't think they necessarily need anyone at running back because I think Jaron Mangum still has another year. Um, and that's behind Nathan Carter, obviously. And they got these two high school guys who um, both honestly look like kind of finished products. It's They have the physique. They have the 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 – I guess the usage rate in Texas high level football to come in. And if one of them had to play to maybe a six or seven count sort of a, um, or sorry, six and seven carry kind of a role, I think sure. they could do that. So at the end of the day, I think receiver at a starting level, DT at a starting or at a rotational level and depth level. And then after that best available, um, I guess, I guess backup transfer portal QB would still be on the table, even though they now have three QBs in that room. The thing yeah. is, though, is if you're going to get somebody, is he actually going to be better for you playing them over an Alessio or a Ryland at this point? Because the way I look at him, Matt, Michigan State is not a playoff contender this upcoming season. They're not going to get somebody that is hypothetically just looking to ring chase as QB2 on a backup team, kind of like how Alan Bowman did for Michigan last, or, yeah, last season um, when he came over from Texas Tech for that one year, Michigan State's not getting someone at that level if they go to the portal ranks. It would be someone that's like a G5 fringe starter that is okay with sitting on the bench just because he wants to play on a P5 roster one last yeah. time before he hangs it up. Like, And would that 24-year-old that was 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions at Bowling Green be better for your options in terms of long-term development and things like that than playing just Alessio uh, Milivojevic instead if, if Aiden Childs got hurt this year? I think so, personally, honestly. Yeah, like, maybe I'm just so just absolutely beaten down by last season where we just saw quarterbacks dropping left and right. And then, <laughs> oh, my God, is that Andrew Skofar up against a Penn State <laughs> blitz right now to end this game? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't mind. Like, the, the two names I've been throwing out, these are just examples, but it's kind of like what right. you were talking about, G5 guys that are free yeah. starters, like Joey Yellen out of Hawaii. Of course, mm. no one is going to know who Joey Yellen is. If you know who Joey Yellen is, you, you should have yourself checked out because that means you're way too deep in college football 
But this is a guy who started for Hawaii last year, lost a starting job. All right, he was recruited by Brian Lindgren and Jonathan Smith back when he was in high school in 2019. But this is a guy who's in the portal. He has one more year of eligibility left. So, hey, come up here to East Lansing, get a nice graduate degree, get some nice NIL money, and then, hey, maybe even some cool team-issued gear. And, hey, if Aiden Childs does go down, we're at least throwing a 22, 23-year-old to the Wolves for the rest of the season instead of like a 18-year-old kid that was just at prom a few months ago uh, just going up against the Buckeye defense or the Oregon Duck <laughs> defense. So I do get that like you do want to get these guys some reps here and there, right. but man, just based on what we saw last year, it's like I, I could use any depth that I could possibly get. Yeah. If that means four guys on scholarship at quarterback, fine. Yeah. Fine. And the other guy, too, is uh, Carlos Davis. I know I said two names I keep throwing out. He's the UMass uh, mm-hmm. guy that's in the transfer portal. He was a fringe starter last year. But, yeah, just like just like you said, any anyone that just wants to sit on the bench in a sold-out yeah. Power 5 stadium to end their college career, yeah. come on up to East Lansing. The weather's nice yeah. up here. Yeah. yeah. I can think of worse uses of time and eligibility than sitting on the bench at a P5 stadium. Please. Yeah, use the NIL money for like half off Wednesdays at Dublin. I go to Harper's. Like, just live like a prince in East Lansing for your last year of eligibility instead of just you know doing another G five year. As yeah, a Come yeah. On up here. The water's great. Come on. Yeah, that's my skills pitch. I should I should be on the recruiting staff. I yeah. should be. Cut this up, Matt, and send it in to to Cole Moore, and I'm sure you'll be on the staff by by next Tuesday. Yeah. Hey, cool. Yeah. You need someone that really picks out the East Lansing bars to your future football players because I got a guy for you and it's me. So, yeah, that's that's just what I had to offer up. Uh, JT, before we let you go and enjoy the rest of your signing day here, anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to shout to the people before we uh, let you go and into the holiday season? Uh, no, not really. I would I would just say that it's going to be active still these next few weeks in the portal and this window and then obviously very active in the spring portal where – Michigan State should have a good amount of spots um, because they've been selective in who they've brought in and they're still yeah. looking for starter-level guys. They're not looking to take flyers just yet. Um, they can take that in the spring. So I like their strategy and how they've done this. So basically what I'm saying is there's going to be a lot of stuff to follow still, um, even high school recruits in this late signing period possibly. So stay tuned to all our coverage. Uh, stay tuned to Matt's show here Locked On. Stay tuned to the SD Farrell show. Stay tuned to his Twitter feed as he's always he's always on top of everything over there. And um, also, <laughs> yeah, <what> call it. <laughs> also, definitely check out the 24-7 Sports Michigan State site where um, I think we'll have a promo either today or tomorrow or something like that. And gotcha. then um, that'll get you 12 months of coverage on all those things I mentioned. And then spring camp, fall camp, in-season visits, all that. And folks, in case you're not absolutely sick to your stomach about recruiting talk, because we did it yesterday with Stephen Brooks, we did it today with Justin Thin, we have Brian Smith, the Lockdown Recruiting Expert, joining the show tomorrow. So you're going to get so much recruiting coverage this week that you are going to be green in the face. But hey, it's always a great chat with Brian. But until then, hey, enjoy the rest of your day, you beautiful, you lovely people. I love every single one of you, even you, Justin. I'm sorry about me. Let's go. I I know. I'm I'm feeling really nice today. Feeling really nice today. But hey. Not with that Eagles insert. I do feel a little bad about that, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so, I'll, I'll, I'll make things right after we're done recording here. But, uh, gang, till we uh, till we see each other next, love you all. Go green.